your value and your self-worth are intrinsic. And the challenge happens when you start confusing it with your, you know, your market worth or your self-efficacy. These are two different things. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining me. I'm excited to share this conversation with you that I had with Christina. It is about knowing your worth and negotiating. And if you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, or even you just work at a job and you are trying to negotiate a raise or a promotion or anything, I think this is really relevant to everyone. We do talk mostly about women, but it's definitely relevant to everyone who has a job, which is everybody. And it's just interesting to have the conversation because I talk about this with a lot of business owners and people that do similar things to me, um, but about how to know how much to charge, how to raise your prices. Are you worth that much? Or trying to just like negotiate something that's not you just feeling bad for people. Because for me, that's something that I have been working on um, to not just undercharge because I want to get the client or make someone happy. And this conversation is great with advice on negotiating and knowing your worth and all of that. So Christina is an executive leadership coach and the founder of Frontier Leadership, which is a business offering niche specialty training with a high integrated program for women in leadership, negotiation, career advancement, and entrepreneurship. In this episode, Christina shares her background in education and leadership and executive coaching and how her previous careers led her to where she is now. We briefly talk about the misconceptions of like the term coach in quotation marks, and that's a whole other podcast, I feel. But we do talk about that briefly because I feel like there is a bad rap for like life coaches and business coaches because the internet is full of them with people that maybe don't have the experience or the education to really be giving their opinion to other people. But Christina is the opposite of that because she has been working on her leadership skills and coaching skills basically her entire career. We talk about how to know your worth, the three key challenges women face when asking for what they want, and advice for how to successfully negotiate. It's a great conversation, um, and it definitely could have went longer than it did, but she will definitely just have to come back on to the podcast. So let's jump into it. Here is Christina. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I'm sitting here virtually with Christina. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. It's great to be here. Do you want to start with introducing yourself and giving us a little background on who you are, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, for those of you uh, who haven't, you know, heard or or met me, uh, my name is Christina Salmon. I'm the founder and CEO and lead coach uh, for Frontier Leaders. Uh, you know, me and my organization, uh, we help to strategically position women uh, for career advancement, for business advancement, really help kind of women uh, lock in their leadership foundations uh, and, of course, uh, negotiate their worth. I think, you know, uh, we really focus on uh, high achieving women, uh, professional women and business owners. Uh, we really help them clarify who they are and what they have to offer uh, so that they can really make an impact, uh, you know, as we know, uh, 
gender parity uh, has been an important factor for helping women, um, you know, both advance their careers uh, and their business uh, in Canada and the U.S. And it's something that we are really committed to. I think we were one of the first companies to offer uh, specialty training, uh, you know, in negotiation. Uh, And, uh, you know, we really empower women to lead and the results speak for themselves. No, I love that. And before we get really deep into mm-hmm. that. Let's go back just a little bit and take me through kind of what your journey was to get here. Did you have a different career aspiration, a different path? Um, and then how did that end up here? How did that unfold? <laughs> uh, you know, great, great question. You know, I think like anyone I've, I've had, I have three professions now. <laughs> and, uh, but when I first started, I did a poli sci business degree from good old Carleton. Uh, and in Ottawa. And, uh, and then I went back after traveling on a ship for a year, uh, I went back and I did uh, a postgraduate in event management. So my first uh, career was uh, I did high profile event management. And again, kind of really linking that back with my poli sci, which would have been like NAFTA, SARS, you know, I did uh, so many uh, leadership forums I, I was known for, uh, you know, huge symposiums, international events uh, that brought together um, big government partners and leaders. Uh, and so I, I did a lot of transformational events. Events, uh, I would say from 2005 to 2000, uh, and, you know, throughout my career, uh, which really led me into, you know, facilitating uh, these events uh, with leaders, developing leadership cadres, because I've been doing leadership uh, since I was 12. And, uh, you know, from there, I, I remember facilitating and, and bringing together a lot of government, uh, you know, senior, senior leaders, you know, really questioning what's going on in the room, you know, and that's what ultimately uh, led me that even though we had, you know, one big corporate or governmental strategy and mandate that uh, we weren't really tapping into adults uh, and their own career aspirations. And they could very much sideline an agenda uh, that was happening because they weren't happy. Uh, So that, that kind of spearheaded me, um, to continue my work, to go back and do a master's uh, in adult education, which I focused on uh, transformative learning and executive coaching. Uh, so that was a huge piece of my life that uh, absolutely elevated. Uh, I, you know, elevated my career, but but also um, my self-awareness and my knowledge of leadership capability. At that point in my career, I had transitioned into consulting uh, and uh, I was a senior consultant working on, you know, three huge transformations. Uh, over a seven-year period. So, you know, I did a lot of this work, but it was always kind of moving from large amounts of people, you know, you know, large people, large events to smaller cadres, intimate groups, and eventually focusing on adult growth and development, uh, specifically from negative experience. And, you know, I think I wrote back in 2008 that like, you know, bringing about change and, um, in large organizations or businesses about bringing about change in oneself and what does that really look like? Uh, and, uh, you know, I have my research uh, in um, in my research that I did publish in the International Journal of Evidence-Based Coaching and Mentoring, and uh, I've kind of continued on that path. I think that um, like many women, and I think we're going to talk about, you know, negotiating your worth and where this all comes in, but like many women, I kept on developing my background and my education, and I had been privileged to work in pockets that were uh, very progressive. Uh, And I was able to 
you know, do leading edge work for years. And eventually that opportunity was running out, but yet I was really just stepping into my own. Uh, and uh, I was being mentored, you know, internationally by, by individuals. And I, and I followed that, I followed that calling uh, to, you know, because I was at, I think in my thirties and it was, you know, I'm going to do this and it's not going to work and I'm going to go back, you know, or I'm, you know, but I have to kind of take that leap. So that's where I started. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the beginnings of, of my coaching company back in 2010. And uh, I made the big leap over 20, uh, 2011, 2012, 2013. I really made, started making the plans, working with my own uh, coach uh, to, uh, to negotiate out, which is what I did. Uh, and, you know, it was from those beginnings uh, that, you know, I really had to kind of devolve, you know, evolve uh, my company and figure out my niche and, and figure out where I was going to make the biggest impact. Because there was all these, you know, all these different leadership coaches uh, or whatnot. And I needed, I needed to really assess my own capability uh, and really look at the results uh, that I, you know, was given. So those are just some of my beginnings. I'm sure there's, there's more stories. Um, yeah. Is that, is that helpful? Yeah, no, I think that's great. It's so interesting to just, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about just coaches in general when they don't understand really where the like education comes from, because there's so many, especially now it's just like being on the internet that everyone seems like they're a coach of some sort. And really you can just say you are one and it's fine. But I feel like it's really interesting to hear where your education came from. Yeah. And the skills and that you actually like, this was your whole career the entire time. And so I think from that point of view, that it is really good to research who you're hiring, because I feel like someone like you actually understands what you're coaching and you've been through the whole process as opposed to just someone on the internet. Well, and I mean, we could even just stay in this <laughs> yeah. topic right here. <laughs> I just, I, I answer so many, you know, I, I take a lot of mentor calls on, on coaching and, you know, I say this because uh, kudos to any, absolutely kudos to anyone who wants to, uh, to absolutely kind of step into this realm. But I always say, when people say, Christina, I'm thinking about being a coach, uh, you know, simple two questions. And that is, you know, you're going to be a, you're going to step into coaching to build on your existing profession. Uh, And so it's going to be quote, almost like a suite of skills or, you know, it's going, it's already historically a part of your profession. It's just like when people work in communications and then it's like, they were, oh, they were always doing that. So if you look back into my history, I was, I've, I've always been doing this. Right. And, and I mean, that's, that's what I think, um, you know, that's what I think some of the best coaches bring, uh, you know, to, to the table. Um, you know, what I would say is I technically kind of have three professions in my, in my current, you know, with frontier leadership and, and that's outside of the, you know, the CEO hat. Um, and that is, you know, I have this background in leadership development, huge leadership forums, uh, you know, br- you know, building consensus of policy and strategy. Like I, I've been doing a lot of this trans these transformational initiatives for years, uh, when we started breaking organizations, uh, to create, you know, to, to evolve them versus modernizing them and truly transforming them. Um, you know, I, I am a career manager. I am the past chair for the Ontario Association of Career Management. And this is so important because I focus on helping, you know, women, uh, whether they're business owners or entrepreneurs navigate and, you know, proactively manage their midterm career, you know, and if, if we don't acknowledge this as a huge pillar, then we can do too much leadership or too much coaching. And we're not really assessing our risk in the labor market. We don't know how to enter the labor market. It just becomes the wild, wild west. 
you know, so there's there's this pillar uh, that I stand for. I can't say enough great things about career development uh, professionals, uh, and I think they're they're really not uh, seen. They're seen almost as guidance counselors versus what you know they're, what they really bring in terms of their breadth and depth to helping uh, professionals or entrepreneurs or people kind of in between making those complex life choices. Uh, and third is I have this executive coaching background. And you know, one thing that you said about everybody's a coach. You know, it's it's something that. Uh, I take to heart because when I was doing my research, I had to quote unquote, call into question 323 organizations, right, of, of coaching and certification. And that was part of it. And, you know, just like anybody puts in their hours. Uh, and I did this really long route because, you know, it's, uh, you know, when I work with brilliant women and I say a few good men, I, I get, you know, I get tough questions, right? And so I have to know my craft so that I can see that others know theirs. And that's about trust, power, credibility, uh, and honestly, uh, both self-respect and respect from others. So again, just such an exciting little piece, but, you know, lots of gems in there. Right. And were you always focused on women leadership? Like I'm assuming before when you were doing the bigger organizations, obviously there's men involved in those things. So what was your transition then to decide to focus on women clients? You know, that's in on the answers in the research, in the data. So, you know, it's a great question. And, uh, I think I was, I was, I guess I want to say I was actually warned, you know, I was warned that I was ruining my career. If you met me and I can say this, I was probably a pretty strong personality um, or very friendly, but, you know, pretty, pretty knew what I could deliver on. Right. Uh, I would say, um, you know, if you met me in 2009 or 2010, I wasn't focusing on women that I was just focusing on as with any coach or anyone lead, like leadership consultant coach starts. So they're just working on helping people that naturally come into their, you know, their sphere. And that's what you should be doing. You should be getting a baseline of people to see, you know, who you work well with and we know how you can create products and services to, to service that market. Um, but no, it was the research, both my own research when I concluded, uh, you know, concluded my findings in, in a defense, you know, I, I shared that there were a lot of anomalies about women, women and identity, women and failure, women and this. And and I can still admit I was a bit personally detached from this. You know, just you're able to do that when you work for other people. You're able to be like, oh, that has nothing to do with me. I come from a long, a long line of strong women. And, um, you know, and, and I say that that's a lot of self-awareness on my part. Um, but I think that um, this shift in, you know, kind of doing, uh, you know, almost like an organizational, uh, an assessment, an environmental assessment on focusing on where are the gaps in growth and development for women uh, from a leadership competency perspective. So I did that because I did that for huge organizations, right? So it's like, oh, why don't we look at, you know, the gray group and the black, you know, the blue group or whatever. It doesn't have to be pink and blue, you know, and just look at the data and let's look at what it says. And, you know, a huge thing is I did a, a talent management initiative, uh, as a throwback in uh, 2011. And I had to present the findings to this leadership team. And, and I was like, well, how do I present the anomalies? You know, what are the anomalies? Like all the women are out, <laughs> like, like, you know, I mean, and I remember elevator conversations and, and being quite feisty back then. And, and just saying, you know, all the women on mat leave gone. All, like like all, all of the, you know, everything, women were just so impacted. And that's when I really went, like, I decided I was going to become the chair for the Ontario Association of Career Management because I, I knew I couldn't do it from the inside. So it's like, if I can't, can't make the impact at this point in time, 
like I, in 2021, we are where I wanted to be in 2011. And it was like, you know, we weren't, the timing wasn't there. And it was like, this work wasn't there. This investment in women and women's equity was not there. And, you know, I, I was given clear instruction. If this is what you want to do, you got to go out. Right. So I, I, I took that, but it became like, that's how this impetus for women, right. has come. And, you know, I also share it's come with myself, right. Being a high performer, you know, I, I, used to have a reputation about being able to deliver on anything, getting it done, whatever it takes. Uh, you know, but I, what I really noticed that I had a really hard time in my own personal experiences, uh, over several years, um, in terms of feeling that I was undervalued, you know, um, you know, being challenged by both women and men when I, I wanted to, uh, you know, assert myself for what I wanted and what I deserved. Uh, and uh, and I really didn't feel good. You know, and I, I talk about my own personal stories about negotiating my worth and, and you know, I'm, I'm self-made. I have three jobs almost all the time. So I know, like, you know, I, I, I know what it's like to um, to be in that position. Um, but I, I didn't know how to kind of create the life I wanted, despite my solid background in education, which is which is very representative of the women that I work with right today. Uh, and I, I needed to know um, how to. To create that for myself. I needed to know, learn how to value myself personally and professionally. I needed to learn how to assess and value my own capability. Uh, and I needed to learn um, that in order to achieve the financial independence that I wanted and I wanted control over, um, that I needed to learn to negotiate my worth in all facets of life, right? And so when we do that, when I live that and I'm that example, and when we, we've now we're teaching this to, you know, speaking to thousands and, and watching women, you know, come through our programs in the hundreds and, and we're working with people, you know, it's this is like it's real impact right because those people are changing their lives and then the ripple effect uh is is something that i don't fully comprehend yet yeah right and i feel like now like you said the timing is much better probably today than it was back then when you started and i feel like there's way more female founded companies and women that want to become their own bosses and have that power to really take that on themselves um so it's it's good that you're still doing it because now you have like the full audience to really get everybody yeah. in there. <laughs> well, and you know, Rachel, we talk about like, um, I, I was just home for Thanksgiving, you know, I was just, you know, sharing as, as I share when I speak to organizations or, you know, or business owners that back in 2011, 12, 13, up until 2016, there, there were so, you know, there were so many doors that were slammed and, and it hurt, you know, it hurt. Uh, and it was when, you know, two, 2016, 2017, the narrative started to change. We had uh, more men, you know, even my narrative, I hadn't written the language yet to, 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 you know, to, you know, to talk, talk to women, talk to men about, you know, about negotiating your worth without somebody getting triggered, like, oh, we don't want that, you know, um, and, and versus what if we could, what if I showed you that we could evaluate with a women in leadership strategy, uh, performance, you know, performance with women and give you strategies that would make them more successful at their work. Would you like to know more about that? And then all of a sudden everyone's like, you can, you know, like, and, 
And so, and, you know, just, I got an email last night. I got an email of a, of a client that was, has been on our programs for two years. She actually graduated and she's had two promotions now, you know, just two promotions in a senior role in, you know, and, and it's just so exciting because, you know, she's like, I couldn't, I couldn't have done this without you, but more importantly, we need her in that role. Like that's, that's what it comes down to is, you know, we want the right leaders in the right roles when I meet amazing women and they don't know how to get to that role or they're starting their business, you know, or they're, they're growing their business and they're caught between, you know, can't pass the hundred K mark or, or, or they're just can't even get themselves off the ground. Right. It's, it's always about their foundation. Right. And, and so this is, you know, I've got the background, given the foundation that, you know, we used to do for large organizations and, and then put in all into play, all this education that they already had. So that foundation is set. Um, Rachel, there's four key competencies that all of the adult education, high performance leadership strategy and negotiation is built from. Uh, so leadership effectiveness, which is a metric, uh, negotiation, uh, career strategy and or, or business strategy and strategic positioning. And when we take these competencies, these behavioral competencies, and we not only build robust skills development underneath them uh, and we integrate them, I feel that women um, we, we talk about women being elevated. Uh, and I think I read a quote online last week, but it was just like, you know, don't empower women, pay them, <laughs> you know, like, so I, I often say, if you want to position yourself, um, for advancement or position yourself for, um, sorry, if you want, uh, empowerment, if you, you know, if you, if you want equality position for equity, and that's what we're doing. And it's a fundamental shift in strategy. Uh, and you have to do it. I can't do it for you, right, Rachel? You have to do it. And so I have to teach you. Then you have to practice. You have to fall down. You have to get up. And and it's experiential learning. Uh, and I mean, and that's how we've kind of now built these programs so that women can not just learn, apply, execute, you know, and pass it on to any, you know, pass it on to their whole family <laughs> kind of thing. So, Yeah. Right. And so before we get into even like the negotiation, mm -hmm. how should someone even determine their worth? Like, I feel like that's where even people get stuck before they even want to move up or get elevated or whatever. They just don't even know how to like calculate their worth, especially as women, because you always do more than, you know, mm -hmm. you see it You're with, I'm sure barriers. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, we, we have a, uh, there was another question I think that you were going to want to ask me about challenges. I, I, I think these are related. So I'm going to answer this question, but then maybe, um, it'll be beneficial for us to focus on what, you know, what, what's holding women back because, you know, uh, you can't have one without the other. Right. So, yeah. um, I, you know, what I want to say is, um, this question, how should a woman determine or an individual, let's be honest, you know, um, so there's two points that I want to make here because there's not one answer to this question. Right. And I, I really go in depth it like in our program about this. Right. And so just to be clear, you know, when we're talking about a woman's market worth, you know, your market worth is more than just your salary. And I mean, this is a, you know, this is a big thing that, that like people, they either get it or just, it just went, goes right over your head. Right. You know, it is, it's about your experience, your, you know, your skills, the jobs of the demand, the value that you add to the organization, you know, the, you know, the clients that you bring, there's so much more that goes in this. And so it's why it's so pivotal for women to review their, you know, their entry point, their salary from day one. Right. But, you know, I find that that starting point for 
a lot of women is, okay, but the job says it's 20, you know, it's $47 an hour or the job says it's this. And, you know, they just, they want it so bad that they, you know, they don't realize that with that first step, they don't realize that they're already 13 steps back. So they think that first step, you know, so they don't realize the landscape of what they're, you know, they're going into. Uh, you know, in, in the masterclass a couple of weeks ago, I talk about like, like their women are giving me all this situation. I was like, well, you're in the lion's den. And, and they're like, I am. And I'm like, yes, like you're in, you know, you're in like, like they didn't see when they walked in. And, and so, you know, I, what I want to say about your worth is um, because we break down all aspects of worth. It's not just one answer. So uh, I would change the question, but I talk about this critical relationship you know, between your worth and your value. And they're, they're like a Venn diagram. And like, no matter what, one creeps in over the other and you have to kind of like a clock, kind of see where it's coming in. And when we, sh- you know, we show you how to do that. But what I want you or women to take away is that your value and your self-worth are intrinsic. And the challenge happens when you start confusing it with your, you know, your market worth or your self-efficacy, these are two different things. And so, um, you know, we, we talk about this, this critical relationship and a key aspect that I help with women, uh, in terms of determining their worth besides like, of course, we've got all these negotiation strategies, which we'll talk about, but is, you know, helping women to organize their knowledge that women have so much knowledge and they don't know how to organize even what they know or their past experience. And so when, when they do that, they can really start to separate themselves from like their leadership capability. They can actually see themselves if you, I don't want to say like a product, but they can see the value that they start to bring. And so, um, and then in other, with other women and and even men, it's so attached to them personally. Right. And so then that's a different conversation sometimes with that person. And and there's different situations that you you can have. So when someone says to me, how do I determine my worth? Like I say, I'm happy to sit down with you and, you know, help and and unconfuse you, (laughs) but I need to know more about your situation and what got, what got you here. Right. Because what got you here, you know, the leadership saying won't get you there. But I need you to know how you got yourself like it's reversing how you got in. Right. Um, and that's going to determine if we have to do retroactive negotiation, if we it's advanced, you know, advancement negotiation revenue. Like there's all these different types, uh, you know, that um, but, you, you know, this is a big starting place. But most women, um, yeah, they most or entrepreneurs. Let's just focus there for a second. You know, most women, you know, well, you know, how do I charge what I'm worth? And I'm like, and then I, I challenge them, you know, that's the, that's the academic in me. Well, that's not really your question. Your question is, your question is about pricing strategy. <laughs> you know, your question is, how do I learn to price my services? Doesn't that seem like a better question to like to answer versus you fictitiously picking, uh, you know, a number out of the air, you know, that you, right. So when, when you teach someone a framework and a strategy and a process of how to do something, so much less of their self-worth is invested in that. It's not about personal failure and success. It's about, okay, now I'm, you know, I've, I'm doing the targeted exercise that I need to do. And yes, there might be more questions that I need to ask. And it's the same thing with career management and leadership, but just kind of all, you know, bugged into one question and it can be really scary, right? Is that, is that helpful? Yeah, totally. It's so interesting because obviously I'm in that position that I have to price my services and all of that. So I completely understand. And it's so interesting to divide like what your worth is 
versus your pricing strategy, because I feel like, like I've done it myself and I'm sure everybody listening has done it where you give your proposal and you say your price and then they don't want it or it's too high. And then that is taken personally because you're like, I'm not worth that. And I like how you then divide that where it's like, no, that's not what it is. It's just the pricing doesn't work for them, but that has nothing to do with and, what and you're we worth. Can, you know, and just, just as an example, and I'm just, I just personally want to relate been there, done that, you know, when I was experimenting with coaching and, and, you know, even what females spend on coaches versus men, I mean, this is a, you know, women are like, Oh, men are willing to make more money. I'm are willing to spend more money too. <laughs> uh, and on certain things. So, you know, but I'm just saying like, I've been there, I, I've been, you know, not only did I have to, have I had to negotiate my worth at work. But when I became an entrepreneur, questioned my worth all over again, threw the baby out with the bathwater, didn't know what to take with me, had to rebuild, how to learn to price coaching services, how to figure out that actually the way they were teaching to price coaching services wasn't right. Like for me, it wasn't right. It wasn't an integrity, Um, you know, and um, absolutely that, you know, that rejection. Uh, you know, there's different types of failure that I, that I teach about, but, you know, learning to accept defeat, right? Like this, it is, I mean, I've been humbled a few times, uh, in, in more than a few times, uh, in my own career. And, you know, when you get that defeat, what I would say is accept it, like, let it take, like, be dramatic about it. Let it take you out. You know, I, I joke, I, I took a defeat this summer with a big organization and I, you know, and I, and I, you know, it was, it was a sign of the times. Um, but I had to let it, like I did take it personally, you know, and, and, you know, and I was carrying this narrative about, like, as I was saying that, that narrative of, of the, the female, the women's journey with me. And I had to let some of it go when I was on the bottom. I was like, when you, when you get back up from that defeat, don't take everything with you. Right. And I mean, that's the wisdom, uh, that that's the message in the mud, you know, if you will. And, uh, but, but you're right. Right. I mean, I mean, here's a great question. I mean, are there any questions that you think that you might have just right now that other entrepreneurs might have about, about this, uh, this point about, you know, putting out a proposal or anything like that? I mean, from a real business perspective, it's what to include in your proposal and how detailed you get into the pricing strategy. But then I also feel like, um, it's what to do then, because I know you do negotiation. So then that side of it, but then how do you respond to that? Do you take the no and are you defeated or do you counteract with a negotiation to be like, well, how do we make this work? So those yeah. are two very separate questions, but those both came to my head. But, at they're, the same but, time. They're, but they're linked, right? And, you know, I think, you know, one of the things uh, we just have a, a business a, a client that uh, we were, we've been talking about this a lot. She's like a new entrepreneur, right? And she's like, ah, you know, how, let's talk pricing strategy. And when you come from corporate, how do you do that? Right. How do you build up? And I think that's, it's a really great point. And, and one of my answers is it's not just in the pricing strategy, it's in the onboarding strategy, right? And just like when you onboard to an organization, it's like, how do you onboard a new, a new client, right? And and what what processes do you have in place? Because that the onboarding relationship that you develop and the pricing strategies that you have are A, going to give clients more choice, going to give you more choices and it's going to give them and and you, you change the relationship, you change the power dynamic in the relationship, right? And I think that that's something that's so important, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, obviously talking about negotiation here, but really um, one of the things that was pivotal for me me, which I tell to other coaches, I tell, to, I tell to anybody going out in the, you know, in the, originally I had uh, an expert business model. 
versus, you know, building a, a company and organization and a team. And, you know, the biggest thing is know what you do and know what you don't do. Right. Like I was really clear, you know, with all these coaches, I was like, okay, this is what I do. And I know that I do it. Like I can say I'm one of the best at it. And, and I can say that as long as you're comfortable with my direct communication style, <laughs> you know, um, I, I will bring my integrity, my heart and my soul and my best. Cause I, I do my best. And, and I, I, I believe I, I can, I can handle a large amount of information, which sometimes clients come to me, they're overwhelmed with how much is on their plate. So, you know, it's the same thing. Know what you, when you know, and I know Rachel, you are really, I can tell that otherwise, you know, I, I wouldn't have really connected with you. It's like, you know what you're good at. And then you can be totally comfortable with your, what you're not good at. And then you'd be like, oh, that's not my area. Right. So I, I mean, absolutely. I, I do some, you know, we do some life, we do work life integration and life coaching, but if somebody just wants to focus on lifestyle, you know, then I, I'll send them to, you know, to somebody else. And if somebody, um, you know, there, there's different aspects where you see, you know, what fit is about. But I, I think that even what we're saying right now, if there are any entrepreneurs listening or people considering the leap, you know, these are the types of thoughts and, and these are the types of uh you know, questions that you're going to mull over. And I think, you know, the other thing I want to add here, especially around determining your worth or your pricing or negotiation is some of the, like, there's always going to be core business questions, but some of the questions that you answer, Rachel, are going to be different than the questions that I answer. So sometimes when somebody is really stuck, I always say, you're not stuck. You're just not asking your question. You're asking somebody else's question. It needs to be, you know, because otherwise if you're just running against a wall, you know, change the question, right? Right. No. And that's a good like perspective shift to then get mm-hmm. unstuck or wherever it is that you have like a blockage with your business mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you're doing really in life in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know you mentioned that the course that you have goes into negotiation strategies and you really teach people how to do that. And obviously this is not the course, but could no. you give us a little teaser on like one of the strategies that you teach for people to take that away? Yeah. So perhaps before I I, I go there, I I just want to maybe talk about some of the challenges we cover in the masterclass that kind of introduce women to know like what they're ready for. I'm happy to give away, uh, talk about some of the negotiation strategies. So um, when when we look at women, right, like, of course, you know, why do we were, we were talking about when, you know, another question around, you know, what's, what are preventing women for, for asking for what they want. Right. So that's the research question that we've been asking, that I've been asking. I have this like slide from 2014 that I carried <laughs> around with me and I don't want to change it, even though, you know, it was done on a bad PowerPoint presentation, but it's just like, it's symbol symbolic of, of how long I've been carrying around that. that I feel like that backpack. Um, but, you know, you know, I say, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, we know there are barriers to advancement for women. And when it comes to negotiation, these barriers, these systemic barriers will just be like a magnet. You know, they will pull you back so fast. And so that's why sometimes women are like, but why can't I succeed? And she can, you know, and, and you know, comparison, competition, all this stuff, like it, it hits us individually. So, you know, we, we have to acknowledge these, these systemic barriers uh, that women face, especially women of color. You know, I, I've helped a number of women of color and I, we were work a hundred times harder. Uh, and, you know, and it takes longer and, and it means a lot more, you know, and that, and that's why when they get there, you know, they have to open doors. 
And so, um, but I talk about three main challenges that women face and why this, what I believe, you know, the research, the data and the statistics show us this is that that way women can kind of see like, oh, this is an issue for me, right? Like, cause somebody might hear say, oh yeah, I, I just need to know how to do this. But is that surface level? Is that really, you know, is, are we generalizing all the women in the room? Because that's the biggest thing I have. I, I have this uh, research survey that goes out. Thousands of women have done it. And it's about where they question their worth and all these, you know, and, and the biggest thing when I, you know, whether I have, you know, at one point, you know, groups around me or a room is all the people are giving different answers. Right. So it's like, that's, that's, some, that's something in itself around perspective change and, and recognizing that I might, I might be an expert in this niche, but in this moment of time, Rachel, it may or may not work for you, but it might work for somebody else. So just understanding that the woman beside you may have a different opinion and we need to hold space for that. So but the three key challenges are, you know, um, you know, simply one, uh, starting with number three, women, as you know, they don't, they don't know what they're worth, right? They, they just, you know, they don't, they don't know their worth, you know, and those are like, why is it like, why is it this big ghost question, right? Like it's a big elephant in the room that it get, creates a lot of confusion. Um, you know, number two, uh, I talk about in the masterclass, women don't know how to negotiate their worth. You know, they think they do. Oh, like they're, you know, and some women, you know, they're like, they know how to do like one aspect or they can do it once. Can they do it consistently over time and teach that to somebody else? So that lacking these negotiation skills, um, and and the the environments that they negotiate in are different. Um, and and the number one you know challenge that we see with women, as we were talking about today, even as you see with the pricing, is that women don't know their value. You know, and and we we go. So I go into this when we when we know where do we go wrong, what holds us back. You know, um, you know how they can start to define and communicate their values. Uh, you know, through through their value, through their values, how they can reset this foundation. Because uh, I meet a lot of people who've you know taken a leadership course here, been part of their pro, you know, their organizational program, but haven't made it, or an entrepreneur and took something from a bank. You know, and, and they're like, I have no idea how to do this because organizational strategic planning does not transmute to entrepreneurship, like aspects of it does. But but you know that's why we introduce all that quarterly planning, um, and you know, and then of course like these, key, you know, we we talk about some key negotiations strategies, just because sometimes I find with this talk, like a lot of women who are in our programs, like their self-awareness has to be ready there, you know, because sometimes I meet people like, wow, you said that. And it took me a year to just even mull that over in my life. Right. So, so those are, you know, some pieces that, you know, we, we, we talk about, right. And, you know, if I were to talk about it, you know, a key negotiation strategy and tactic, I'm actually going to kind of share two, depending on, you know, who's listening, uh, cause it may or may not, you know, work for them. So, you know, I do want to reiterate, uh, in the masterclass, I share four negotiation strategies in the negotiating, uh, career advancement, career and business advancement series and our negotiating your worth LDI. It's, it's our program that we have that runs uh, a few times a year. Uh, we go over like types of negotiations, the form to negotiate your worth. Like, I like, I want you to, you know, to bring it all uh, to, you know, so that you can kind of plan forward and sort yourself, you know, in this area. Um, but the two that I want to share, um, you know, one from just a strategic point of view, Now I can't say this enough. Um, 
I want you to create leverage in the negotiation process from the beginning. Okay, Christina, what does that mean? <laughs> right? It's like, I know it's just right out there. She wants me to create leverage, right? So what does that mean? So it means that you need to start negotiation early on. It means that like the next, you know, are you having, and you're going to do this through career management, not through negotiation. So, and not through performance. Uh, so, you know, to initiate career management discussions, even with yourself. So if you're an entrepreneur, like I sit myself down once you know, once a year, once a quarter, like I review, like my pricing, I review trends in it. Right. So it's just, it's this, it's, you know, again, it's starting these conversations because what we want to do is we want to create open communication. Okay. So, so this is the thing. Now I say this, but I, I can guarantee there's so many women when they have their next conversation with their boss or, Oh, my performance review is next month. Okay, great. Send an email, say, Hey, I'd love to initiate this conversation because there's so many women who come to me after the fact I wanted to be promoted. I have to ask, did you ask for the promotion? Did you, is it in writing? No. Oh, I've worked so hard. They told me in my last performance review. No, no. Like, like, so we want to create more leverage by being in front of this process. Right. Uh, so critical. So, so that's one thing in terms of, you know, uh, buzzword actionable strategy, Christina, what's something I could do right now. Right. So uh, I say, you know, aim high and I want to encourage women to negotiate in percentages rather than dollars, you know, and, and this is a huge thing. If you're an entrepreneur, Add tax, right? So, <laughs> like, just don't overthink it. Um, you know, and again, you know, when we work with clients, my clients have negotiated positions and compensation salary increases from 13 to 35%. And this, you know, depending on your sector, obviously, if you're in in, in the labor market and sectors such as public service, you know, you're, you're looking to start, uh, you're looking for more in incremental increases. So again, the, these are two things, but change it right away, like as of tomorrow, right? And so, you know, you want to, some women, you want a $2 an hour raise. Okay, well, what does that mean in percentages, right? And, and some people think it's small. Well, you need to start to practice asking, you know, Rachel, we sponsor uh, both for the University of Alberta and the University of Calgary. I sponsor young women into our cohorts. Uh, and uh, I'm always reaching out to speak to women of need because in, in doing keynotes and presentations, I've had a number of single mothers being like, Christina, I need this. I need this for myself, you know, and, and that's where a lot of these programs were. I was like, I need to create a program, you know, because I, I can't always just work one-on-one -on -one with clients. Um, and so, you know, I, I say this, that you, you, you need to act and, you know, you need to start early on, but, you know, you can, you know, really create a lot of change for yourself by just saying, okay, you know, this is where I am and, and this is what I, I need to do. Um, I'm just remembering, uh, uh, you know, a student that we had and, uh, you know, it was interesting because there, there was a pool of students and they were like, these are the students. And then like, I met them all. And, you know, when you meet someone and then you mistake their name, <laughs> I was like, and so when the person came, I was like, oh, I, I didn't think it was her. And I was a bit nervous about how she was going to, you know, uh, do in the cohort. Because uh, there was, a, you know, there were professional women and business owners in it. Um, you know, we had a couple of them. But you know what? I mean, she went, she negotiated her internship. She <laughs> negotiated everything. And I, you know, and I get this long letter. I'm just like, I did this. Like, I did this for myself. And I did it. I didn't, I wasn't quote unquote bitchy. I wasn't aggressive. You know, we look at assertiveness techniques and assertiveness. I mean, we do all of this to build the confidence, right? And, and you know, and to bring out the competence that's already there. And, and that's why I talk about three different languages we have have, um, you know, there's, uh, 
oh my gosh, as I as I forget them, but we you know we talk about empowerment language, uh, empowerment language, leadership language, and of course the third language is, is escaping me. But let's just say nego- it's not negotiation language. There's another language. I write. We write a lot of language, and that customized language is the gateway. You know, it's the gateway to help you kind of, and then of course the frameworks and things like this that, that kind of come out and kind of, kind of jumping here. But uh, so that, that's that piece, which I think is, um, you know, important, but coming back to that negotiation tip, I would say again, uh, create more leverage by, by early on, which means tomorrow or today. And, you know, uh, kind of aim high, uh, negotiate in percentages and start doing some scenarios about what those percentages could look like. Because as soon as you start asking, once, even if you don't get it, Rachel, just like when that client comes back and they don't, that is a signal that A, they're not your client group, B, you didn't have a package that what could work for them, right? And and, and so there's intelligence, there's learnings, you know, take, get that journal out, do those learnings, you know, have your own little personal defeat, but learn from your own experience, get back in the game, you know, and, uh, and see, you know, and, and, and success is a decision, right? Keep, keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right. I have a selfish question that does yeah, relate okay. to all entrepreneurs because obviously that's what I do. Okay. And so if you've done the work, even if like, if you've done your course, you've thought about your worth, you've kind of put all that thought in self-awareness and you've realized you're undercharging, which probably most people listening are because that's what, especially if you're women, um, especially in the marketing space, because those are the people that I talk to. And I know a lot of people are undercharging. So you've had all that You've determined your prices are too low, but you already have clients. So what is your advice then for negotiating a higher monthly fee or a client fee with the people that you already have working for you, but you're clients. Yes. Existing clients that you're undercharging now based on like, so you've had them for like five years. Well, obviously your experience is different. Your skills are different. You know what I mean? So what would your advice be then for entrepreneurs in that situation? Okay. So great question. You're also going to notice your question was really specific. (laughs) So no, it's okay. It's okay. So I'm just, I'm just saying it's a very specific question. So I say this is any type of time I give an answer. I just, I just want to make sure, make sure that answer is in integrity with you, right? Because if you have a bit of a different context. So the first thing is so interesting. This conversation just came up this weekend from, from somebody else. So, you know, how long do we grandfather someone in? right? Is what this is. So, um, you know, I make, I make a rule, uh, and I'm in a different circumstance because I have programs in the finish, right? So versus people who have businesses that that go on forever, right? So, um, you know, one thing I want to say is you want to do a lessons learned on your pricing, um, specifically go three years back. Let's say you've had this client for five years, do a lessons learn. And, and I would actually make a list of the accomplishments that you've done for this client, right? And then you're actually going to set a policy with your company, you know, set a policy where you kind of say, you know, every two years or three years, you are, you know, you are going to renew. Right. So, uh, you know, and review your, your policies, but the conversation, you know, so some, some entrepreneurs will continue to choose. It will feel right for them to grandfather in that client. And then you might, the truth is you might have an exception for, you know, for, for who that is. I remember when I was starting or when really good friends of mine kind of finally contact me and they're like, Chris, 
I need your help. You know, like I, 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 it's like my heart was just like, you know, and so I had to create a whole other thing for those people. You know, it's like, this is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I'm, you know, what, what I'll do right for, for you. And I had to put a little bow tie on that. So what, you know, I would recommend that as you know, um, I, I teach a lot of quarterly planning and, and, you know, something I've introduced to lots of women's groups or whatnot. Um, but what I would say is that you want to connect with those clients. You want to decide when you're doing that. So we're, we're going, we're in Q4, we're going into Q1 of next year, but I would take them, I would take them out for coffee or zoom. I, I would still recommend somehow being socially distanced if you're comfortable to do that because your relationship was built over time. And I would, I would basically say, you know, uh, this is what we've accomplished. And, you know, this is kind of now how I've grown and, and what I what I do, you know, and going forward, you know, this is, you know, the, the incremental increase that I would I would like to, you know, to ask and see how that works for you. I think the reality that a lot of people don't want to they, they, the Band-Aid sometimes needs to get ripped off is that. In fact, um, sometimes the people that you like, if you say, OK, this is what I'm, I'm going to be charging going forward. Um, we can do that this way. I can send you an additional invoice or the monthly in, the monthly fee will go up. You know, are you you know, are you comfortable with that? Or, you know, sometimes if I've done a renewal, as an example, I've done a renewal for a year, I will say again, because you want to have three or four or five different ways to do this. Um, just a renewal to say, you know, for this year, you know, I'm going to grant grandfather you in. Um, but, you know, as of this date, my pricing is going to go up and I want to have a, you know, a candid conversation about what's going to work for you going forward, because you need to prepare if you need to let go of that client. And that's part of doing business, right? If we really look, that's something I always try to remind myself, you know, whether, whether when we look at career longevity, like whether you're in an organization or, you know, we're not, this is a big thing from career management. We're not staying in organizations for 30 years anymore, right? Same thing in entrepreneurship. If we look at really great companies that startups that have become and built something, they've changed. And that's something I try to remind myself that it's like, if I feel like things aren't working, it's something needs to change and transform. And, you know, how do we kind of open up to, to get there? Is that helpful, Rachel? Yeah, definitely. No, I think that was a great answer to just keep people's thoughts going on how to use your own worth, but then also how to negotiate it with, your mm -hmm. existing clients or people that you do know that you have. Yeah. And the one thing I maybe would say is that if you're, um, you know, listen to that. So I teach values-based leadership as the foundation to negotiation. And if you're out of integrity with your values and you're not meeting your needs anymore, you know, or you're in entrepreneurship, you're doing the work that you don't want to be doing, right. Or that you're <laughs> not good at whatever. We got all the things right. And in, in corporate, you you know, you've been there too long, you know, you know, you're falling back. Like there's so many signals that the signals, you know, you have to really look at the signals and and really take that feedback under the correct lens. So I do think it's uh, yeah, it's, it's our responsibility and our do I, you know, I talk a lot about due diligence to just, you know, go back and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not being honest with my how can you self respect? How can you have self respect for yourself and your company when you are out of integrity with what you're charging? Right. That's the hard corner. Right. Right. It's a hard <laughs> corner. But if you if you do that, you ultimately admit that you're afraid to grow. You don't know where to go. You don't know how to do that. So you start and then you start with, okay, let's start with this one. Let's, cause I find that with entrepreneurs, they're not, it's either there's a big, really big contract that was somehow, you know, they were positioned for, but if it's these, it's, I mean, every day, every new client, every new, like, how do you get up to this? I find that most entrepreneurs 
good with a little bit of jump, good with a little bit of jump, good with a little jump, you know, and recognizing that you might serve two or three different client groups. Do you have products and services for them? Right. Because I sure I, I know that when, when I work one on one with private coaching versus, you know, the, the programs, those are two different entry points, you know, for a reason. Right. And, and there are two different mindsets, two different decision making abilities. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that's something that we always need to, to think about. Absolutely. And just finding what works best for you as a person and then your business. Absolutely. And I know we could talk for forever because we <laughs> have in the past, but to kind of wrap it up, do you want to talk about the course that you mentioned before that's coming up um, about and it was a really long name and now I can't remember it's, what it's okay. it is. It's, so. it's our, you know what? It's our flagship program. Okay. There's an entrepreneurial thing. So career, you know, it's our career advancement series and negotiating your worth leadership. I call it the negotiating your worth LDI. We, we've been offering it virtually, but it, you know, I've had it in different places across Canada. Um, but obviously with COVID we're online. Uh, it's starting in, uh, in November, at the beginning of November. And uh, it's our flagship program and it will equip you with, you know, the leadership foundation, the knowledge and the negotiation skills and language language and the tools to really, you know, elevate yourself and, and lead others, uh, you know, as well. Um, it, it includes uh, three parts. There, there's an online uh, career and business uh, advancement stream, you know, that, that you can look at. There's uh, this over, it's over two weekends, uh, the LDI. It used to be three days in person, but because we're uh, virtual, it's four days, uh, or just like Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday kind of thing, so that you can dive in, but not too, you know, too deep. Um and that's just explosively transformational. Uh, the women, you know, that have gone through in the pandemic, I just, I've, I feel like we completely protected them. Anyone's been reemployed, business services, uh, you know, are moving forward. And uh, and then we go into three months of high performance group coaching. Uh, I have a whole client portal. So women can connect with us every day. They can ask those, ask those questions, right? Like, oh, what about this? Can you, can this service is going out? What do you think of this proposal? Or can we elevate my profile, redo my resume, help me do interview preparation, right? We cover all the things that are necessary to help you, um, you know, really uh, see who you are as a professional or, you know, or as a business owner. And it's interesting because it's a, it's a, one of the things that I've always done, uh, Rachel, is right now we still include the two groups together versus like just an entrepreneurial program or, or whatnot. And it's it's in, it's it's interesting because I find that so many of the women entrepreneurs, well, they didn't negotiate their work in corporate anyway. So so often they're like, oh no no, I just want to stay. I just want to stay and you know listen to them do this, and then they go off and do targeted exercises for entrepreneurships because it's different questions, right? And uh, and vice versa. Uh, so. Uh, you know, it is it is a really great uh, I, I feel like it's my life's work, if you will. Right. Uh, and uh, we've we've just, again, just uh, been so fortunate to make the impact uh, that we're making. Um, I met a woman I did. a I spoke in the U.S. about four or five years ago, and uh, she just came to our recent masterclass. And she just said to me, you know, you you came and you you presented to our organization, to our women's group. And she's like, I, I, I guess, cause I'm very direct. She was, we we're talking, we were talking about the skinny when we talk negotiation. Right. So, and she's like, you know, I want this, I want this job over there. And I was like, well, go talk to them. They're like right there. And, and we worked on it. And I saw her four years later and she's like, I got the promotion. Like I, I that's why I came back. She's like, I, you know, I remember you. So this work, you know, if you need to do it, if it's, I always say, if it's your time, if it's your time, if it's your turn, you know, to learn your value, negotiating your worth, you know, um, me, my team would be 
so happy to be a part of your journey and help you get where you need to be because you're worth it. Definitely. And I feel like now is a good time. I feel like going into the new year, especially after what's all been happening in the last two years, that now is a great time to really put that investment into yourself and into your business or to get your promotion or whatever it is you're doing that what better yeah, time well, than before? We do. You know, it takes six to eight months to advance a woman's career. Uh, it takes, uh, you know, for entrepreneurs, you know, it can take a couple of years. So that, you know, the biggest thing, Christina, help me pay myself, right? I can pay everybody <laughs> else. Help me pay myself, right? And, but it, it takes time to do those things. And so I think that, um, you know, you have to recognize that time. That's the career management side, the business management. And uh, it, it's a great time. And it's been an absolute pleasure to be here. So thank you so much. I love loving the conversation. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, I, appreciate it. And where can people find the course, find you to connect with if they want to send you a message? Like where's all of your information? All of that. So, you know what, you know, keeping it pretty simple, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. You're welcome to go to my website, www.frontierleadership.ca. And so you're, you're welcome to go there. Uh, You're welcome to just send me an email. I'm pretty, pretty responsive and I'd be happy to connect and just, you know, connect for a call is the best way to just always, it's always nice to just talk to someone for 20 minutes. I think that's the best way to, to really just learn about their situation. So yeah, we can do it that way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, sharing all of your wisdom. And I got a lot out of it. So I'm assuming all the listeners (laughs) did as well. So I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Poolside Podcast. I hope you got something out of the conversation between Christina and I. I know I did when I was talking to her. I had so many more like selfish questions to ask her just about my business and being able to determine my worth and negotiate prices. And so I appreciate all my clients. If you're listening to this for paying me properly, I do appreciate that. Um, And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you left a review and a rating for the podcast, subscribe to it, wherever you're listening to it. Also share your thoughts on Instagram. I would love to hear, make sure you take me and Christina. And if you have any questions about your worth or your business or any of that, feel free to reach out to Christina. Or if you want to talk about social media business or the things that I do, definitely DM me. And I will see you in the next episode next Friday.